football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate terry and Metti. what's up boys yo what's up hey yo all right in today's episode we're going to recap all the games from week 17 of the nfl season uh, and then we'll move right into our pickups for the week for fantasy football leagues that are still going on uh, i'll be the last week of pickups for the season and then we'll just head right into previewing week 18. Uh, I guess we'll give our fantasy football starts if your league's still going on, and we'll sort of take a look at some of the spreads for some of the games. So, yeah, let's just hop right into it. Well, we'll start with the first game here. Philadelphia Eagles being the Washington football team, 20-16. to 16. Um, Good win for the Eagles here. I guess looking at their stats, um, Jalen Hurts, 214 passing yards. And then in terms of rushing, Boston Scott, 14 carries for 47 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts adding seven for 44 as well on the ground. And then in terms of uh, receiving, Dallas Goddard, six catches, 71 yards for him. Devontae Smith, three for 54. And then Boston Scott, four catches for 39 receiving yards. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, what are your thoughts on the Eagles? Um, I guess this was a pretty decent win against um, Washington. I guess it's a good showcase of their offense and their defense because they didn't really need to put up a crazy amount of yards to win. Yeah, I mean, um, they really didn't need to do that much at all to get the win. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe they've also clinched a playoff spot now as well. So good on the Eagles. Um, we'll move to the football team now. In terms of passing, Taylor Heineke, 247 passing yards and an interception for him. In terms of rushing, Jarrett Patterson, 12 carries, 57 yards and a rushing touchdown on the ground. And then in terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin, seven catches for 61 yards. Cam Sims, four for 48. And Jarrett Patterson had five catches for 41 yards. Uh, Terry, let me get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on the football team? Uh, it's rough. I mean, unfortunately, your season comes to an end like this. Uh, you really didn't want it to come to an end like this way. I mean, but you ended the season with a four-game losing streak. You can't really do anything about that. You lose one of your playmakers on defense in Chase Young, where you do lose a lot of pressure when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Outside of that, I mean, Logan Thomas out with injury. This team was hammered with injuries this, this whole year, but I mean, it's the next man up type of league when it comes to the NFL, so you can't really blame it on that. All 32 teams have to deal with it. Outside of that, I mean, hopefully they can figure out what they're doing at quarterback this offseason, and good luck next year. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty much uh, all about next year for this team. They don't really have much to play for anymore. But, yeah, um, they still put up a decent effort in this game, so good on them. I will move to the next game here. Uh, taking a look at the scores, the LA Rams beating the Baltimore Ravens 20-19. to I guess we'll look at the stats for the Rams first. Uh, starting at quarterback Matthew Stafford, 309 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Then to rushing, Sony Michelle, 19 carries, 74 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Then we get to receiving Cooper Cup, six catches, 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Higby, six for 69. Van Jefferson, four for 63. And then Odo Beckham, five catches, 39 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, let me get to you on the Rams. I guess, what are your thoughts on the win? Yeah, this game was kind of too close for comfort for the Rams, and 
and he had to have a big third quarter to win it, and they did. But recently, I feel like Matthew Stafford, his interceptions have been up. He's got to be better uh, with the decisions he makes while he's throwing. Sony Michelle and the starts he's had, he's looked really good. And yeah, going forward into the playoffs, the, the Rams are a dangerous team. They just need Stafford to be more uh, secure with the ball. And I think they can make a lot of damage happen in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a saying that you can take someone out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit Lions out of them. So we'll have to see if that's true when it comes to Stafford heading into the playoffs. But yeah, good win for the Rams. We'll move to the Ravens now. Uh, Tyler Huntley, uh, 197 passing yards and an interception. Getting to rushing, Devontae Freeman, 14 carries for 76 yards. Tyler Huntley also had six carries. That went for 54 yards. Then getting to receiving, Mark Andrews, six catches for 89 yards. Rashad Bateman, seven for 58. And Marquise Brown had three catches for 28 yards. Um, I guess, um, Nate, I'll just get to you, I guess. What were your thoughts on the Ravens? Well, they're playing without Lamar Jackson, but um, this game all went all the way down to like a one-point difference. So I think that uh, Tyler Huntley played a really good game, especially considering he's the backup quarterback. Um, I guess in terms of um, catching, unfortunately, no touchdowns. They probably could have won if they got one, but um, they were able to limit a Rams offense. So pretty impressive still. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was just a tough day offensively for the Ravens. They're now going to need a miracle to get into the playoffs, which means they probably won't be getting in there. But I guess a decent season for them, and hopefully they can just bounce back next year. Uh, getting to the next game here on the slate, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the New York Jets 28-24. to A really close result here. Uh, we'll start with the Buccaneers offense here. Tom Brady, 410 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and an interception. In terms of rushing, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, eight carries for, thir for 31 rushing yards. And then uh, in terms of receiving, Rob Gronkowski, seven catches, 115 receiving yards. Cyril Grayson, six catches for 81 yards and a receiving touchdown. And then Tyler Johnson, four catches for 50 yards. Well, Mike Evans had four catches for 47 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Terry, I'll get to you on the box. I guess, what are your thoughts? These are the wins that you need to get, especially rolling into playoff time. You don't want to uh what's the word for it i don't even know the word for it but you don't want to uh lose momentum going into the playoffs especially against a just team like this that is four and 12. outside of that i mean you expect to win these as i stated at the start um it was rough what happened to antonio brown or whatever dilemma that went on on the sideline but i mean it's a next man up type of league as i'm going to be saying a lot in this podcast today so I mean, good luck next weekend. Congratulations on W. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a close win. They were down for a large portion of the game, but they did come back to get the win. I will move to the Jets now. In terms of passing, Zach Wilson, 234 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Michael Carter, three carries for 54 yards, really good on the ground. Um, and then Ty Johnson had a five carries for 35 yards and a rushing touchdown. Well, Braxton Berrios had two for 12 and a rushing touchdown. Berrios also caught a receiving touchdown 
on his eight catches for 65 yards. Well, Ty Johnson had three for 47. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Jets. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, they were really close to winning, actually. Uh, second half, they kind of uh, let up. They get outscored 18 to 7. And yeah, they almost knocked off the defending champions. I don't think anyone expected that. Zach Wilson's looked great last couple of weeks. He's uh, his completion percentage, not the highest here, but the yards are going up, no interceptions. So I think he had a good game. Michael Carter, only three rushes, but uh, 54 yards, really impressive. And Braxton Berrios, I feel like they've found a nice weapon there. He's been really playing great lately. So, yeah, I think the Jets, honestly, they kind of closed out the season pretty well. Even in games they lost, I feel like they put up good fights. And who knows? I feel like they might have a good future, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to get a few more pieces in there. But yeah, future definitely looks bright for the Jets. Uh, we'll get to the next game now. Pretty big blowout here. Tennessee Titans being the Miami Dolphins 34-3. to um, In terms of passing here, uh, Ryan Tannehill, 120 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. On the ground, Deontay Foreman had a big day, 26 carries, 132 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Dontrell Hilliard, eight carries, 45 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. And then to receiving here, A.J. Brown, two catches, 41 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, three for 33. And then Anthony Ferkser at three for 24 and a receiving touchdown. Well, Jeff Swaim at three for nine and a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on Tennessee. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, this is really impressive considering they don't have uh, Derrick Henry and Deontay Foreman really stepped up. So did Dontrell Hilliard. Um, not really too much yardage in terms of passing, but this is a, a run first team and they really exploited uh, Dolphins def defense that couldn't stop it. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right about that. Um, this Dolphins team, they had one seven in a row coming in. They just really didn't look good here. Uh, we'll get to them now. In terms of passing, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, 205 passing yards and an interception. In terms of rushing, Duke Johnson, 7 for 49. Miles Gaskin, 5 for 23. And then in terms of receiving, Mike Kosicki, uh, 4 catches, 51 yards. Jalen Waddle, 3 for 47. And then Devontae Parker had 4 catches for 46 yards. Uh, Terry, let me get to you. I guess what happened with the Dolphins? They just couldn't get it clicking. I mean, this kind of is what you expect, especially when you don't have that main guy when you have a running back and when you have like a five-headed or four-headed horseman when it comes to your rushing core. I mean, couldn't get that much going. Two, I don't really, two, I don't really expect to have like the whole load on his back trying to carry this passing unit into the playoffs but I mean like but I guess what you said was right and what's the word I'm looking for here that they just couldn't get it clicking uh it's rough that you lose 34 to 3 and your playoff hopes crush get crushed like this um this is what happens when you don't get those couple of wins at the start of the season and I mean there's no one else to blame but themselves yeah, I was going to say, if you lose seven in a row at any point during the season, you really don't deserve to make the playoffs, in my opinion. So 
I think it was just the writing on the wall at this point for the Dolphins. Um, we'll get to the next game. A huge blowout here. The Patriots being the Jaguars 50-10. to 10. Uh, Getting to the stats for the Patriots first. Mac Jones, 227 passing yards. Three passing touchdowns. Brian Hoyer comes in and throws for 63 yards as well. Then in terms of rushing, Ramondre Stevenson, 19 carries for 107 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Damian Harris also had two rushing touchdowns on 35 rushing yards. And then I guess getting to the air, uh, Kendrick Bourne, five catches, 76 yards. Jacoby Myers, uh, eight for 73 and receiving touchdown. Christian Wilkerson, four for 42 and two re- receiving touchdowns. So a big day for him. Uh, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you on the Patriots. A uh, pretty big win here. Yeah, it was a huge win. I think the Patriots were on like a two-game losing streak prior to this. So this is a good uh, confidence booster for them. Yeah, when you're struggling like that and you see the Jaguars are coming to town, that's it's really going to help you out snap a losing streak. So, yeah, they got it done as they should have. Uh, they did clinch too, so that's good. They're back in the playoffs after a one-year hiatus. And let's see how the Patriots do this year in the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, it's definitely going to be uh, exciting to see, especially what rookie uh, Mac Jones is going to do in the playoffs. Uh, definitely um, have mixed feelings about that, but we'll have to see how uh, things work out for him. Uh, getting to the Jaguars now, looking at their attack, Trevor Lawrence, 193 passing yards and a passing touchdown with three interceptions. In terms of rushing, I'm going to butcher this name, Terry. I know I'm going to do it. Uh, Dare Ogunbuale had nine carries for 36 yards. Uh, And then in terms of receiving, he also had two catches for 32 yards and the receiving touchdown. Laquan Treadwell went six for 87 and Marvin Jones went two for 46. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to on the Jags. I guess it's pretty much looking towards the draft for them. Yeah, it's been a really unfortunate season. Um, They drafted the most talented quarterback in the draft, and I guess they were expecting some big things. But unfortunately, this has just been, I guess, the icing on the cake for another down season. Um, Pretty down game by Marvin Jones as well, unfortunately. He was getting targeted a lot, but the Patriots defense found a way to shut him down. So really unfortunate game for the Jaguars. Yeah, it's pretty much just been the recipe for them all season. Losses like this um, definitely need to bounce back next year. Uh, moving to the next game now, uh, Vegas Raiders beating the Indianapolis Colts 23-20. to Close win, but good one for the Raiders. Getting to their attack, Derek Carr, 255 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and two interceptions. In terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, 16 carries for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then for receiving, Zay Jones, eight catches, 120 yards. Uh, Hunter Renfro, seven for 76, and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Terry, let me get to you on the Raiders. It's a pretty big win. Yeah, it's a pretty big win, especially to keep your playoff hopes alive. Uh, you're just moving on to the next week's matchup against the Chargers, which is a win-in-your-in type of matchup. Um, outside of that, I mean, Derek Carr looked like his normal self and then zay jones stepped up tremendously for this vegas receiving court i mean as you said eight for one above 20 and 42 was his longest reception i believe it was a nice catch as well 
But outside of that, I mean, now you're just focusing on uh, that matchup against the Chargers and what is it, 18 now? Yeah. But yeah, back to you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a huge win for the Raiders. Um, getting to the Colts now, Carson Wentz, 148 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 108 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Michael Pittman, eight cat, sorry, six catches, 47 yards, and T.Y. Hilton had one catch. He went for 45 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, let me get to you on the Colts. It's a tough loss for them. Yeah, it's a tough loss. They haven't clinched the playoff spot yet, so this would have been a nice win to get them in. But they've got the Jaguars coming up, so they should get in the playoffs. But this game specifically, the numbers don't look too bad. Uh, It's just, I guess, their defense wasn't as good as they usually are. And, yeah, uh, fourth quarter, they had a lead, but they got outscored 10 to 3, so they lose. And, yeah, there's this scenario now. If the Colts lose to the Jaguars, then the Raiders and Chargers game, if that ends up in a tie, both teams make it in. So that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be strange, and it would be costing a team like Pittsburgh if they get a win, uh, a chance of getting into the playoffs, which would be interesting. There's a lot of different scenarios there. Uh, Definitely good on the Raiders for getting that win there. Um, Getting to the next game, this is a big win for the Bengals. They beat the Chiefs 34-31. to Uh, We'll get to the stats now. Uh, Joe Burrow, 446 passing yards, four passing touchdowns for him. Amazing day Uh, in terms of rushing. Joe Mixon, 12 carries for 46 yards. And then in terms of receiving, he also had seven catches for 40 yards. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 receiving yards. That's got to be a season high uh, this year. And it was for three receiving touchdowns. T. Higgins, three for 62. And then Tyler Boyd, four for 36 and a receiving touchdown. Terry, I got to get to you, man. What's it with your team? They're going crazy. I don't even know. I was expecting this team to lose, too. I mean, everyone in the mother was taking the Chiefs in this matchup. I mean, if you weren't in Cincinnati, you were probably taking the Chiefs on your parlays and all that. I mean, Burrow had, like, past two weeks, Burrow's been amazing. As you said, like, 446 and four TDs. And Chase were, like, the two bucks and 66 cents on yardage. And then we all know that meme that he was talking about in the press conference. F it. Chase is probably down there somewhere. Yo, um, Coach O is probably proud of his boy for doing this. I mean, I ain't got that much else to say. I'm just hoping for the Bengals to somehow get that first seed and get the bye in the first week of the playoffs. But outside that, I mean, back to you, man. Yeah, I'm sorry to break it to you, but they're not playing their starters, so their backups are going to have to get (laughs) it done. I know, I know. Hopefully, Brandon Allen can come in and get it done, but we'll see about that. Um, Getting to the Chiefs now, Pat Mahomes, 259 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Then in terms of rushing, Daryl Williams, 14 carries, 88 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Then for receiving, um, McCole Hardman, one catch for 53 yards. And then Tyreek Hill went six for 40. And Blake Bell and Byron Pringle both went three for 35 while both Demarcus Robinson and Travis Kelsey uh, had receiving touchdowns in this game as well. Um, I guess, Nate, let me get to you on KC Nation. What happened here? 
I mean, this is a case of um, they had trouble stopping the Bengals pass, as Terry said. And I mean, Joe Burrow is a really talented quarterback. Um, Jamar Chase is a talented wide receiver. Um, passing and um, catching, they have really good chemistry. So it's really hard to stop a team like that. And I feel like the, um, the Chiefs don't have the best pass defense right now. And the Bengals basically stopped um, Kansas City's offense in the second half, more or less. So um, I guess this was just a case of the Bengals just played really good. Yeah, I was going to say second half, the Chiefs just didn't look like the same team. Definitely need to figure things out come playoff time for sure. Uh, we'll get to the next game now. Chicago Bears beating the New York Giants 29-3. Big win here. Getting to the passing for the Bears, Andy Dalton, 173 passing yards and a passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, getting to rushing, uh, David Montgomery, 22 carries, 64 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Then for receiving, Darnell Mooney, seven catches, 69 yards and receiving touchdown. Allen Robinson, four for 35. And then Cole Komet, three for 25. I guess, Mete, let me get to you on the Bears. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they got the job done, but statistically, it's not that impressive. It's just this Giants team, ever since Daniel Jones went down, they've looked really tough. And yeah, Dalton, just over 50%. Montgomery, he only averaged 2.9 yards a carry. So yeah, I feel like the Giants, even though they gave up 29 points, uh, their defense honestly played much better than the scoreboard shows. And yeah, uh, for the Bears, they win, but in the long haul, I feel like it kind of hurts them as they're already eliminated. It's just uh, they're going further away from the number one pick. So uh, I guess for now, it's a good win, but I think for the future, it kind of hurts them. Yeah, I don't think they have their first round pick, so I think it'll be okay for them to get wins. I believe they traded it from last year. I'm not 100% sure, don't quote me, but I think it was in the Justin Fields trade. Um, getting to the Giants now, yeah, you're right. Their defense has been great because their offense has pretty much done nothing here. Um, not really much passing to speak of, so I won't even mention it. In terms of rushing, Saquon Barkley, the bright spot here, 21 carries for 102 rushing yards. Uh, Devontae Booker, 18 for 46. Then through the air, Evan Ingram, one for 12, and David Sills, one for 12, and that's about it. So, Nate, um, not much to speak of, but what are your thoughts on the Giants? I mean, there's not really too much to say, like you said. Um, the Bears, they just played better offense than the Giants' defense, and the, I guess in terms of the Giants' offense, I mean, Sa Saquon Barkley is kind of like the bright spot. He's fin finally able to get downfield at will in this game. So I guess it's just kind of unfortunate that it happened uh, now and kind of unfortunate that he just couldn't get into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, uh, this whole Giants team couldn't get into the end zone, so it's not really an uh, indication of how well he played. He was still really solid. But yeah, just looking towards next year for the Giants. Uh, moving on to the next game. Buffalo Bills beating the Atlanta Falcons 29-15. to uh, Getting to the stats for the Bills, Josh Allen, 120 passing yards, three interceptions. 
Um, but he did redeem himself on the ground with 15 carries for 81 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary had 23 carries for 110 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns as well. And then through the air, uh, Stefan Diggs, five for 52. Gabe Davis, three for 40. And Cole Beasley, two for 22. Uh, Terry, uh, let me get two on the Bills. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this was basically opposite day for the Buffalo Bills. As usually, it's a team that gets it done in there. But right now, Josh Allen and company that Sunday just got it done on the ground. As you said, all those characters or players, my bad. Uh, they had a tremendous day on the ground. Outside of that, I mean, you got to win against these Falcons teams to hold that four spot in the AFC type, uh, not title picture, but uh, playoff picture. Um, outside of that, I mean, and that keeps you on par with the New England Patriots with the same exact record. And then next week, you got to play the Jets of all teams to make it 11 and 6. So back to you, James. Yeah, for sure. We've seen how with the Bills, how in inclement weather games, they've struggled through the air. But at least in this game, they were able to get it done on the ground, which is nice to see. Um, getting to the Falcons now, um, Matt Ryan, he had 197 passing yards. And then in terms of rushing, Mike Davis, eight carries for 42 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Kyle Pitts, two catches for 69 yards. Russell Gage, three for 50. And Parker uh, Hesse had three for 30. Uh, Mete, let me get to you on the Falcons. I mean, it's a good effort, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely was a good effort. And they almost made a crazy game out of this at the end of the game, I think in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan almost getting a touchdown, ruled down at the one, and then he gets a taunting penalty. They get backed up a lot, and they get nothing out of it. So this game could have honestly flipped on its head. The Falcons' uh, passing defense, they did a great job. They limited Allen under 50% completion percentage, and then only 120 yards, three interceptions. The run defense didn't do that great, but I think they – did enough to give the Falcons a chance. Cordell Patterson, their main playmaker last couple weeks, he really hasn't looked like himself from the beginning. So that really hurts them. And yeah, like you said, I definitely think they put up a good fight. Just a couple plays didn't really go their way and uh, it just affected them too much at the end. Yeah, for sure. The Falcons definitely had opportunities to win this game. Didn't happen. Also, yeah, I agree with you. Their defense has been playing well. I've um, been impressed with A.J. Terrell. I was pumping his tires a little bit in the offseason, and he's really turned out to be a great player this year, so it's great to see. Uh, we'll move to the next game here. Uh, 49ers beat the Houston Texans 23-7. to uh, Looking at the stats for the Niners, Trey Lance got the start. He had 249 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Then on the ground, he had eight carries for 31 yards, so uh, pretty good. But uh, Eli Mitchell, 21 carries, 119 rushing yards for him. Then through the air, uh, Brandon Ayuk, four for 94. Uh, Debo Samuel, three catches, 63 yards and receiving touchdown. While George Kittle went one for 29. And uh, Mitchell also had two catches that went for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I'll just get to you, Nate, on the 49ers. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess a really good defensive game from the 49ers. Um, in terms of yardage, the 49ers offense played really well, good as well. And um, 
they were able to basically hold the Texans to only one touchdown. So this is kind of like, I guess, a much needed win against a weaker team. Yeah, I definitely agree. Much needed win. They have a chance to get into the playoffs with another win this week or a Saints loss. So 49ers doing well for themselves. Getting to the Texans now, uh, Davis Mills, 163 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but an, also an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Rex Burkhead, 16 carries, 47 yards, and Royce Freeman, 6 for 25, then through the air. Brandon Cook, 7 for 61 in a receiving touchdown, and Nico Collins had 2 for 35, while Rex Burkhead had 6 for 32. Uh, Terry, let me get to you on the Texans. What are your thoughts? I'm not supposed to say about this team, man. Like, this should be another team that should have their fans show up in clown outfits or something like that just to protest <laughs> against the owner or something. Like, Jesus, you only put up seven points against this 49ers team? Like, don't get me wrong. I understand that, like, sometimes you don't uh, have a tremendous team year in, year out, but my goodness, you're hoping to put up more points against, like, a team led by Trey Lance that had, like, what, one or two starts this whole entire year? I mean, outside of that, don't get me wrong. Hopefully, this team figures it out during the offseason. Uh, Brandon Cooks looks like the lone bright spot on this offense at the moment. Uh, I hope uh, Davis Mills does develop a little bit more in the offseason. I want to see what he can do probably into year two. Uh, outside of that, I mean, maybe the Deshaun Watson situation goes their way. Maybe he doesn't. I won't get into the politics of it or the criminal aspect of it but outside of that I mean good luck next year yeah I mean to be fair the 49ers do have one of the best front sevens in the league so I can understand yeah. why they wouldn't put up a lot of points but yeah I definitely agree with most of what you said there they definitely need their players to develop and yeah better luck next year for them right, moving on to the next game now the LA Chargers beating the Denver Broncos 34 to 13 uh, getting to the stats for the Chargers Justin Herbert 237 passing yards, <clears throat> two passing touchdowns for him. And then for rushing, Austin Eckler, 17 carries for 50, 58 yards and a rushing touchdown. Justin Jackson went 12 for 41. And then for receiving, Mike Williams, 363 and a receiving touchdown. Austin Eckler, 354. Keenan Allen, 4 for 44 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Chargers. I guess, what are your thoughts on the win? That's a great win for them. They just, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago where they lost to the Houston Texans. So, yeah, this was huge for them. They give themselves a chance now for next week for a win and in game that got flexed to Sunday night. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Herbert's looked great this season. Usually, uh, there's a sophomore slump, but for him, that hasn't uh, been the case. Eckler, it's not like one of his best games, but he did enough. And Mike Williams, he really has taken a big step this year. Uh, usually, I'd say he's more like an average wide receiver too, but this year he's definitely been one of the best. So, yeah, the Chargers, we'll see if they can get him this week. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I agree with you. A lot of players on this team have taken the next step, which is really nice to see. Uh, getting to the Broncos here, uh, looking at their passing, Drew Locke, 245 passing yards and a passing touchdown. And then in terms of rushing, 
Melvin Gordon, 10 for 43, and Javante Williams, 14 for 30. Then for receiving, Noah Fant, 6 for 92, and a receiving touchdown. Cortland Sutton, 3 catches for 60 yards. Seth Williams, 1 for 34, and Melvin Gordon at 3 for 29. Uh, Nate, I'll get to on the Broncos. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess no Teddy Bridgewater, so... um... Even with that, I think Drew Locke played pretty decent for a backup quarterback. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to do too much uh, through the air because um, Chargers have a really good pass defense. But unfortunately, the Broncos weren't able to do much um, on the ground either. So, yeah, just kind of unfortunate game overall for the Broncos. I was going to say, I think this is the best we've seen from Drew Locke this season. So. Yeah, good on him. But yeah, uh, Broncos definitely not matching up to this Chargers team. And yeah, they'll have to look to things next year, maybe upgrade at the quarterback position. We'll have to see about that. I guess moving to the next game, uh, the New Orleans Saints beat the Carolina Panthers 18 to 10. Uh, Looking at the stats here for the Saints, Taysom Hill at quarterback, 222 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also rushed 12 times for 45 yards. Alvin Kamara went 13 for 32 on the ground. Then in terms of receiving, Marquez Callaway, 6 for 91. Alvin Kamara, 5 for 68 in a receiving touchdown. And yeah, that was pretty much it in terms of offense. I guess, uh, Terry, I'll get to you on the Saints. What are your thoughts? Playoff hopes stay alive with this one, boys. I mean, not that much else to say. You'd be a, one of your division rivals. This is a win you need to get. Uh you're in the bubble still. You gotta beat the Falcons next week, I believe, to keep your playoff hopes alive. And even then, um, I think their fate kind of falls in the balance of what the 49ers and Eagles do. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. Or they might even be eliminated. One of the two there. Uh probably gotta check the rankings a little bit later on for that. But outside of that, wins a win. Uh your team develops a little bit more with. Jordan Humphrey uh, developing with guys like Michael Thomas out. Uh, outside of that, back to you. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, for this team to be in pl- playoff contention without, you know, like Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, I mean, this team could be a contender if they had those two guys back. You know, like they're a very talented team, especially on the defensive side. So I think the Saints have had a pretty good season overall considering all the circumstances. Uh, getting to the Panthers now. Sam Darnold, 132 passing yards and an interception. Not a good day for him. Then on the ground, uh, Chuba Hubbard, 17 carries, 55 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, Getting to receiving, Ian Thomas, 3 for 33. Amir Abdullah, 4 for 31. And DJ Moore, 3 for 29. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Panthers. Just really not much here. Yeah, tough game. Sam Darnold, him coming back, I felt like would give them a better shot, but he didn't really have the best game. Chuba Hubbard, he's looked pretty good, I'd say, uh, when he's had to start for Christian McCaffrey being out. Outside of that, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, those are their two top guys, and they had really tough days. So, yeah, I feel like going forward, I don't know, maybe Darnold, you can give him another year. Uh, the running back situation is totally fine. And then they might need to add, like, another weapon to the offense, I feel like. DJ Moore, he's been really good, I'd say, outside of a couple games. 
I think they definitely need a tight end. Them trading Dan Arnold wasn't the best, I think. But, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Robbie Anderson, he hasn't really cut it. So maybe draft a wide receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It just really hasn't worked here. Um, I guess maybe in the offseason they can look to upgrade a quarterback, maybe bring in a guy with not a lot of rushing upside, maybe like a Kirk Cousins or a Baker Mayfield. Then you sort of pair him with a guy like Cam Newton at the goal line, and then you got like that dual threat set. Maybe try and go with something like that. But um, honestly, in my opinion, the Sam Darnold experiment just hasn't worked for them. Um, I think they need to move on. And yeah, better luck next year for this Panthers team. I'll move on to the next game. Um, the Seattle Seahawks really laid a beating on the Lions, 51-29. to 29. Um, This was really a huge game for Russell Wilson, something we've been waiting for for a while uh, since the injury. Uh, 236 passing yards for him and four passing touchdowns, huge day. And then for rushing, Rashad Penny, he also had a big day, 25 carries, 170 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Then through the air, Freddie Swain, two catches for 69 yards. DK Metcalf, six for 63 and three touchdowns. Another big day um, that we've been waiting for for Metcalf. Uh, Gerald Everett, three for 36. And Tyler Lockett, three for 24. And a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Seahawks. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, just a really good offensive game from them in general. Um, they were able to outgun Alliance team, which in one sense isn't too surprising, but they are got over 50 points, which again is pretty surprising because the Seahawks haven't been doing this, um, playing like this all year, but um, really good job by Russell Wilson, Rashad Penny, and uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, for sure. And um, we'll get to the Lions now. No Jared Goff here. Um, Tim Boyle getting the start, 262 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but three interceptions. In terms of rushing, DeAndre Swift, four for 32. Amon Ross St. Brown, two carries for 23 yards and a rushing touchdown. And Jamal Williams went 11 for 22 and a rushing touchdown. Um, getting to receiving, Amon Ross St. Brown, eight catches, 111 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Kaderil Hodge, five catches for 76 yards. And Trinity Benson, two for 31. Um, Taylor Decker also had one catch that went for six yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, I'm going to get to you on the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. What are your thoughts? Yeah, dumpster fire of a team down in Detroit. Uh, can't really say that much else for this team. You didn't have Jared Goff, but I mean, you're 2-13-1. You weren't expected to win this one. It's nice to see that St. Brown is developing a lot, especially with guys like TJ Hawkinson out of the lineup. And I feel like this Lions passing uh, not passing, but wide out court is going to be developing slowly with a guy like St. Brown, hopefully staying on to next year. Hopefully Hodge and Benson probably get some training with St. Brown or whoever is down in Detroit that's still going to be there for next year. I mean, we can look forward to the draft. I mean, where are they right now? Second in that, uh, not lottery, but, you know, the whole draft scenario. So, Look during draft season. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with you. They should be looking ahead to the draft. Absolutely. Getting to the next game here, Arizona Cardinals being the Dallas Cowboys 25 to 22. Uh, getting to the stats for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 263 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. In terms of rushing, 
Chase Edmonds, 18 for 53. Kyler Murray, 9 for 44 on the ground. Then through the air, Christian Kirk, 6 catches for 79 yards. A.J. Green, 3 for 74. Zach Ertz, 7 for 41. And Antoine Wesley had 4 catches and went for 30 yards and 2 receiving touchdowns. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Cardinals. Yeah, this is a pretty big bounce back win. Yeah, the Cowboys are a really good team. And um, I guess the Cardinals had the work cut out for them, but they were able to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, um, we all knew the bounce back game was coming. We just didn't know which week it was going to be. So they did get a big win here. Uh, we'll get to the Cowboys now. Uh, in terms of passing, Dak Prescott, 226 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He also led the team in rushing with five carries for 20 yards. Not much else on the ground going for them. And then through the air, Dalton Schultz, six catches, for 54 yards. CeeDee Lamb, three for 51. Tony Pollard, three for 49. And then Michael Gallup had three for 36 in a receiving touchdown. Cedric Wilson, six for 35 in a receiving touchdown. And Amari Cooper, three for 18 in a receiving touchdown. Ahmete, uh, let me get to you on your Cowboys. I guess just give me your thoughts. Yeah, I won't lie to you guys. This is a tough one. The Cowboys got it going kind of really late into the game. They scored their first touchdown uh, near the two-minute warning of the second quarter, and then 15 of the 22 points come in the fourth quarter. So this is kind of uh, too late. Like you said, the run game wasn't there at all. Dak Prescott left the team in rushing yards, so... Yeah, when that happens and he's only rushing for 20 yards, you know you had a tough game on the ground. The defense, they didn't do what they usually do, and that's getting takeaways. But outside of that, they weren't too bad, I guess. But yeah, I was really expecting for the Cowboys to win this game. They were without James Conner. Seems like he's getting a rushing touchdown every game. DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now, and then they've been without J.J. Watt for weeks. So, yeah, it was pretty tough. But I'll give credit to the Cardinals. They went for it on fourth down. That fake punt was crazy. It was kind of like a David Tyree helmet catch part two. Uh, last five minutes, they really just killed the clock. The Cowboys didn't get a chance to get the ball back, and then Isaiah Simmons, he made a huge play at the end as well, causing Dak to fumble. So, yeah, I'll give credit to Cardinals, but hopefully the Cowboys don't have many performances like this in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Cowboys, they definitely need a bounce back game. Hopefully they can get it against the Eagles in week 18. And yeah, don't bring up David Tyree. That's one of my childhood nightmares for sure. Um, but yeah, let's get to the Sunday night game here. Um, the Green Bay Packers laying a beating on the Minnesota Vikings, 37 to 10. Uh, getting to the Packers first, Aaron Rodgers, 288 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Then in terms of rushing, Aaron Jones, eight for 76. A.J. Dillon, 14 for 63 and two rushing touchdowns on the ground. Then through the air, Devontae Adams, 11 catches, 136 yards and receiving touchdown. Alan Lazard. Six for 72 in receiving touchdown, and then Aaron Jones went five for 30. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on the Packers. What are your thoughts on the win? I guess a uh, really impressive game by the Packers. Um, 
they just played really well overall, um, really good offense and really good defense against the Vikings. So congratulations to Green Bay. Yeah, congratulations to Green Bay. Solid win. We'll get to the Viking stats. No Kirk Cousins in this game. So Sean um, Mannion started this game. Uh, he had 189 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, I believe Kellen Mond also came into this game. He didn't throw for a lot there. Uh, in terms of rushing, just really not much here. Um, uh, Sean uh, Mannion had uh, two carries for 14 yards and Dalvin Cook had nine for 13. So they just really couldn't get it going. Uh, but in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson went 6 for 58 through the air. KJ Osborne, three catches, 50 yards, and receiving touchdown. And Tyler Conklin, 5 for 47. I guess, Terry, I'll get to you on the Vikings. Um, what are your thoughts? This is why, like, well, even, okay, let me restart this. This is why majority of the time, even when people make fun of Kirk Cousins, I mean, this is why you keep Kirk Cousins. Look at this score right now i mean what 189 yards one touchdown i mean yeah the quarterback had some mobility but then you couldn't even get the rushing game going dalvin cook has seen in this game 9 for 13 yards and that's an embarrassment especially with a guy that is highly touted as cook year in year out um it's rough that adam Thielen's season came to a abrupt end i believe last week and it kind of showed in the passing game where guys like Tyler Conklin and KJ Osborne had to get more targets in this offense, five and nine respectively, even though they don't seem like large enough numbers outside of that. I mean, they are eliminated now. They're ranked 13th on the draft board coming this summer. So hopefully they can address something, whether it be on defense. Yeah, definitely defense. Um, outside of that, I got nothing else back to you. Yeah, the Vikings defense has been pretty bad um, overall, especially in that secondary. So they definitely need to address that. Uh, getting to the Monday night game now, I believe this was the final home game for Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers get a win for him, 26 to 14 over the Browns. Uh, we'll get to the Steelers stats here. Ben Roethlisberger, 123 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, Najee Harris, 28 carries for 188 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Ray Ray McLeod, four for 35. Deontay Johnson, eight for 31 in the receiving touchdown. And Pat Firemuth went five for 22 receiving yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Steelers. I guess, what are your thoughts on the win? It's a good win. And like you said, if this is Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field, he's had a great career. And... But this last season, I won't lie, he hasn't been that great. He's had a couple of really good games. But, yeah, for him to attempt 46 uh, throws and only throw for 123 yards kind of shows you why he's thinking of retirement. And the running game, Najee Harris, he's looked great, especially later later in the season. Seems like he's learning, and as uh, time goes, he's getting better. And, yeah, the receiving, they've got weapons there. Uh, looking forward to next year if they can't make the playoffs this season. I'm, I'll be really interested to see what they do as if Roethlisberger retires, they're obviously going to need a starting quarterback. And, yeah, like I said, there's weapons here. I think they're a good team. If they can find, like, a decent – a good quarterback they could 
make a lot of noise next season, I think. Yeah, if they want to land a quarterback, they got to start drafting an offensive line because no one's going to want to get drilled like that every game, to be honest. Um, we'll get to the Browns now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 185 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. In terms of rushing, Nick Chubb, 12 for 58 on the ground. And then through the air, Donovan Peoples-Jones, three for 76. Jarvis Landry, four for 43. Austin Hooper, two catches for 28 yards. And David Njoku, four catches for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown while Harrison Bryant found the end zone on his one catch for a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Browns. They're eliminated from the playoffs. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess just a really unfortunate um, loss. I guess there's um, some thoughts by the Browns fans on the play calling of, of this game. Um, I guess I won't really go into it too much, but I guess this was just kind of another disappointing game overall yeah I mean I think even Baker Mayfield's been commenting on how he's been displeased with the play calling so yeah you're right things haven't really been going well for the Browns um hopefully you know they can get a win week 18 and then I guess just move forward uh to next season um yeah that's it for the recap for week 17 we're going to move into the last edition of pickups for the 2021 fantasy season these pickups are for leagues that are still going on in week 18. Obviously, we don't recommend it, but we're still going to help out anyone that needs pickups for the week. So I guess, Nate, I'll just bounce right back to you. I guess, who's your running back pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you could maybe take a look at um, Dontrell Hilliard if you're in a deep league. I think he's about 28% rostered. Um, He ended up getting 15 fantasy points against Miami they're up against Houston so um Dontrell Hilliard should be able to get maybe not 15 but um I guess at least like eight or nine fantasy points all right and uh Terry I'll bounce to you who's your running back for the week give me some AJP Ryan Cincinnati Bengals only 12 percent owned uh Mixon is out from testing positive so run some AJ in your flex spot this week at most I can I might see him like producing running back two numbers, but then just throw him in your flex. Uh, outside of that, I mean, that's all I've got. All right, then, Mete, I'll just bounce to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? Running back, I decide to go with Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles, sitting at 11% own rate, and he'll be playing the Cowboys on Saturday night. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, they both got COVID on Monday, unfortunately. Miles Sanders, he's already been ruled out. So it looks like Gamewell, he could be looking at a workhorse role against the Cowboys on Saturday night. He's shown great flashes of what he can do when he's been given the opportunity. So, yeah, with all those running backs out, I just think he'll be fed a lot of touches. And I think he can really do some damage if your team is still playing. All right, and I guess my running back pickup for the week is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are going to be inactive for this week. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn was a main contributor last game, but he didn't practice for part of the week. He just returned to practice, so not 100% sure if he's going to play. Definitely, they're getting Lev Bell uh, into the action. Um, We know how Tom Brady is with these other vets. He wants to get them in on the action, so... Yeah, pick up Lev Bell if you sort of need a guy to plug into your maybe RV2 or flex spot. 
And yeah, he's my running back pickup for the week. So um, Nate, I'll bounce to you on wide receiver. Uh, who's your guy for the week? I guess for the week, you can maybe take a look at uh, Kendrick Bourne. Um, he had, a, I guess, a good week last week against Jacksonville with uh, 11.8 fantasy points. And he's going up against a Dolphins team that I think is pretty good matchup for the Patriots in terms of passing. So he should be able to do pretty well as well. All right. And uh, Terry, let me move to you for wide receivers. Who's your pickup for the week? I'm going to go with Cedric Wilson. I heard Gallup season is done for the Cowboys. So, I mean, he becomes wide receiver three in that unit. Keep in mind that the Cowboys do bench their players this game, which I doubt they will because they're still fighting for playoffs uh, rankings among the other teams around them. They will still, if they lose, they become fifth and they'll still have to play the Cardinals. So I assume that if that's the case, um, they might play Cedric a little bit later in the second half. I'm not sure if Mente agrees with me on that, but then, hey, throw him in your flex spot if needed. That's all I got to say. Yeah, honestly, he might be a safer play than both um, CD and Amari because if they get benched, you know, he'll probably still be on the field. So, yeah, Mete, um, I'll move to you. Who's your wideout pickup for the week? For wide receiver, I went with Cyril Grayson of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't know if this is correct or not, but he's sitting at 0% playing the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, he's seen 12 targets this season. 11 of them have come last two weeks and he's caught 10 of those targets so when the targets are going his way he's catching most of them uh chris godwin is out now antonio brown he's out as well he's out of the picture for the tampa bay buccaneers and like i said grayson last two weeks he's seen a lot of targets it looks like brady really likes him and i can see why former track star he's got great speed and yeah, like I said, I feel like the 0% is kind of like a glitch in the system. I think he definitely needs to be picked up for those who are still playing in week 18. All right. And uh, my wideout pickup for the week is KJ Osborne from the Minnesota Vikings. It uh, looks like uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be back this week. So um, Osborne's under 50% rostered. No Adam Thielen. Um I don't know whether they're going to arrest Justin Jefferson or not. Probably not because there are some incentives I think he has for his contract. So um, I still think Osborne's going to get a lot of looks. He's been getting looks in the end zone as well. I believe he caught a touchdown in the previous game, even with a backup quarterback. So yeah, I definitely take a look at him if you're sort of, um, you know, need a guy in your wide receiver three or flex spot. Um, so yeah, now we'll move to quarterbacks. I guess, Nate, who's your quarterback pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you can maybe take a look at um, Carson Wentz. Um, he hasn't had, I guess, the best week um, last week, but he is going against Jacksonville, which I think should be a good matchup for the Colts. Um, he's mostly a shell league pickup, so if you see him on the waiver wire, you should probably pick him up. All right, and uh, Mete, I'll bounce to you on quarterbacks. Who's your pickup for the week? quarterback i went with Taysom hill of the new orleans saints 47 percent rostered and he'll be playing the atlanta falcons so he's got great rushing upside for fantasy 
and he's got a great matchup. The Saints have looked much better when he's starting for them. He's only started four games. But out of those four games, he went over 20 points two times, and last week he was pretty close. So, yeah, I like the matchup. I love his rushing upside. I think if you're desperate for a quarterback, he could be definitely worth a look. All right, and uh, my quarterback pickup for the week is Justin Fields. The unfortunate thing is that he did go on the COVID list this week. Uh, There is a chance that he could come off the COVID list in time for the game. But if not, you can definitely take a look at Andy Dalton, especially if you're desperate at quarterback. He's going against a Vikings team that's been allowing large numbers of points all season, especially to quarterbacks. I believe Aaron Rodgers put up like, what, 37 on them this past game. Um, Just the defense as a whole. I think Roethlisberger even put up over 30 on these guys. So Andy Dalton can definitely do it the way he's been playing. He's been playing really solid. So whichever quarterback starts for the Bears, they could be playing in a negative game script, which means they'll be throwing the ball quite a bit. So um, if you need a, a desperation play, you can look at Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, depending on who starts. And then on uh, getting to tight ends, Nate, who's your tight end pickup for the week? Uh, for the week, it's been um, a little difficult to find a good tight end, but I guess maybe you can take a look at um, Albert Okwig Boonham. Um, I guess the main reason would be um, it kind of depends on, I guess, Noah Fant's health. If he's um, being being limited when the Broncos play, then he might be able to, I guess, get some minutes, get some receptions, hopefully. So in really deep leagues, you can maybe take a look at him. All right. I don't have the pronunciation skills you have, so I just call him Albert O, but uh, good on you there. Um, Terry, let me get to you on tight end. Who's your pickup for the week? The uh, main guy I got is Tyler Conklin. As you said, Cousins is going to be coming back this week. So with that said, I mean, they probably won't play Justin Jefferson in all the snaps. So you can expect a lot of snaps or touches going to KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin. So just expect them to soak up some of the passes that they miss up that uh, Justin Jefferson misses out on. And hopefully you can win you a chip if you're in week 18. All right. And yeah, that's the end of the pickups for week 18 of the fantasy playoffs. So yeah, let's just hop right into the preview for week 18. I guess we'll start with the first game here, Kansas City against Denver. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for that preview. Okay. So uh, for Kansas City versus Denver, um, you can start Patrick Mahomes, Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards, Solaire, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. And uh, for Denver, it's kind of hard to tell because there's some players who are questionable. Um, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and Noah Fant are questionable, so you're going to want to double-check before you start them. And then maybe some others you could take a look at. Um, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and Albert O in Deep Leagues. Yeah. Yeah, definitely all the players that we see today, you might have to take them with a grain of salt because we don't know what final lineups are going to look like. But yeah, let's just get right to the spread here. Chiefs are favored by an average of 11 and a half. I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, which side do you like? Uh, I mean, I know Kansas City didn't really come out with the win against the Bengals, but the Bengals are really talented. 
And I think that Kansas City should be able to outgun the Broncos. So I'm going with KC. I guess Terry bouncing to you, which side do you like here? Assume the Chiefs are still trying to get that one seed, even though the Titans still have the same exact record as them. Um, 11 and a half, that means 12. Against a Broncos team, that doesn't have Bridgewater. Uh, give me Chiefs on this. Yeah, Mete, I'll bounce to you. Uh, Chiefs are favored by 11 and a half. Which side do you like? Yeah, I think I got to go with the Chiefs as well. Like you say, usually, James, it's a classic bounce back scenario for the Chiefs. So, And like Terry said, they don't have Bridgewater. I feel like Drew Locke, even though he was decent last week, uh, I don't think he can replicate that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well because I don't feel like the Broncos have much to play for. Obviously, it's a divisional game, but like you said, there's no Teddy Bridgewater in this game. So I think you got to go with the Chiefs. They should be able to bounce back here. Um, getting to the next game, Dallas against Philly. Mete, I'll get to you for that one. All right, so for Dallas in standard leagues, I'd start Dak Prescott. Still got to start Ezekiel Elliott. He's been shaky, but... At this point, you probably invested a first-round pick in him. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz. For deep leagues, you could go with Terry's pickup of the week, Cedric Wilson. I like that idea. And like you said, James, if we do pull the starters out, Cedric Wilson's probably going to be wide receiver one. So, yeah, in a deep league, he's definitely worth a look. And Tony Pollard. For Philadelphia... In standard leagues, I'm going for Jalen Hurts. My pickup of the week, Kenneth Gainwell, and then Dallas Goddard. And in deep leagues, I would definitely start Devontae Smith. All right. And uh, I guess getting to the spread, Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Uh, Medti, I'll start with you. Uh, do you think Dallas can cover this? It's a good question. They are on the road. I don't know. I feel like the starters could get pulled like second half, something like that. But I think I'll just go with the Cowboys. Uh, They should bounce back. All right, Terry, what are your thoughts here? Well, this is a classic bounce back scenario, as both of y'all have been saying. I feel like the Eagles might have something more to prove in this game. Outside of that, I mean, they are at home as well. So give me Philly on this. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? I guess I'll take um, the Cowboys. I feel like um, to have to go with the team with the better record. Yeah, honestly, I wanted to, you know, take the Eagles here at home, but they do have a lot of players out. Um, I just feel like if the Cowboys go up by enough, they'll pull out their starters anyways. Um, which means they probably are going to go up by a lot if that's going to happen. So, yeah, um, I'll definitely take the Cowboys here as well. Um, getting to the next game, Chicago against Minnesota. I'll preview that one for fantasy. For the Bears, you're starting Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, depending on who plays. I think both of them are a decent start, especially if you're desperate. Um, David Montgomery on the ground at running back. And then Darnell Mooney through the air on that wide receiver. Then for, I guess, deep league or sits, um, Cole Komet, Khalil Herbert, Jimmy Graham, Demir Bird, and of course, Allen Robinson, because we've been sitting him all year. And then um, getting to the Vikings, you can roll out Kirk Cousins, 
Dalvin Cook or Alex Madison, whoever gets the start. The other one would be a sit. And then uh, Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne. And then um, for deep leagues, you can start um, Tyler Conklin, unless you're desperate. Then you can roll them out in standard leagues. Um, Let's get to the spread here. Um, Different spreads here. The average is around five and a half in favor of the Vikings. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, who do you like? Um, I guess I'll go with the Vikings mainly just because they're at home. All right. And I guess, Terry, I'm getting to you. Which side do you like? I like the Vikings. Kirk Cousins won't come back. He's going to run rough shot on his best team. All right, Matt, I'll bounce to you. I guess, which side do you like here? Uh, I might go with the Bears. I feel like with the Vikings being eliminated, they might just pull Cousins out of the game. And I feel like this might be like a tank bowl type of game. So for that reason, I'm siding with the plus and the Bears. Yeah, I think I might lean with the Vikings just because they're at home. They seem to be a better home team as we've seen all year. Um, Bears could still keep it close, but I think Vikings might win by around a touchdown. So I think I'm safe taking them there. Um, getting to the next game, Cincinnati against Cleveland. Terry, I'll get to you on that one. Okay, my turn. Um, Cincinnati starts in standards. Jamal Chase, I'll probably put it as a high uh, wideout too. T. Higgins, uh, wideout too. Tyler Boyd, flex. Samaj P. Ryan, I'll put it in your flex as well. Deep league starts and sits. Uh, C.J. Uzome, tight end. And Brandon Allen at quarterback. If you didn't hear the names, just said them. Starts for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb, running back number one. Jarvis Landry, if your league does have a wideout three slot, throw him in there. If not, throw him in flex, maybe the two spot. And then my sit, so deep league starts. Dearness Johnson at running back. Case Keenum at quarterback. Donovan's people, Jones at wideout. David Njoku at tight end. If you hear the names, just sit them. All right, and uh, we'll get to the spread for this game. Um, it looks like the Browns are favorite by six here. Um, Nate, I'll actually start with you. Do you think the Browns can cover this? Honestly, the Browns haven't really been playing too well, so I guess it's better to just kind of uh, go with the trends, and I feel like uh, Bengals could cover this. All right, Terry, I'll bounce to you. Do you think your Bengals can cover the plus six? Honestly, I'll go with the trends, usually without Joe Burrow. We're kind of a subpar team. I got to go with the Browns. All right, Mete, what about you? Which side do you like here? Yeah, I got to go with the Browns as well. They're at home. Their defense is amazing, and they're without Joe Burrow. So I think the Bengals will be struggling this game. I got to go with the Browns. Honestly, I think this game could be a toss-up because I feel like Browns have been playing a lot of toss-up games lately. So I might lean with the Bengals just because, what is it? They're getting like six points. I feel like like the original spread was like Browns favored by one. I feel like that should be the actual spread since both teams don't have their starting quarterbacks. So yeah, I think I, I might lean with the Bengals here. Uh, getting to the next game here, um, Tennessee versus Houston. Matty, let me get to you on that one. All right. So for Tennessee Standard League, Deontay Foreman, A.J. Brown in deep leagues, you can go with Ryan Tannehill, Dontre Hillard, 
Chester Rogers, and maybe Anthony Ferkser if you're really desperate for a tight end. For standard leagues, Houston, you're looking at Brandon Cooks. And in deep leagues, I'd look at Rex Burkhead and Davis Mills if you're desperate or in a two-quarterback league. All right, and uh, getting to the spread, the Titans are favored by 10. Mete, which side do you like? Yeah, I got to go with the Titans here. Uh, Texans, they've been okay lately, but Titans are playing for the one seed, and I think they get it done here. All right, and Terry, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like? Um, tough one. Even though it may not be. Uh, let me go with the Titans here. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like? Uh, the Titans have a better record, and I think they have a better team in general, so I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, I pretty much agree with most of your points. Uh, Titans are playing for the one seed. So, yeah, I got to lean with them, even though it's a double-digit spread. All right, moving on to the next game. Uh, we have Pittsburgh against Baltimore. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. So, for um, Pittsburgh, you can take a look at Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and uh, Pat Fryermuth. And uh, for Baltimore, you can take a look at Devontae Freeman, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, um, Lamar Jackson's going to depend on whether they choose to start him or whether he's healthy enough, healthy enough to start. So you're going to have to double check. All right. And I guess for Deontay Johnson, just make sure he gets off the COVID list in time for the game. And then uh, we'll move on uh, to the spread here. It looks like the Ravens are favored by four and a half at home. I think that might mean Lamar Jackson is playing. So I guess I'll get to you, Nate, on this spread. Who do you like here? I guess assuming Lamar Jackson plays, um, the Ravens should be able to, um, I guess, cover this. If Lamar Jackson's out, then I guess you can take the Steelers on this. All right, Terry, I guess getting to you, I guess, which side do you like here? If Lamar does play, I got to go with the Ravens on this. Not that much else to explain for that. If he is out, um, I feel like Ben goes out with a win. So it all depends on the Ravens starting quarterback. So say he's out, I go Pittsburgh. All right, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like? I think I'm siding with the Ravens with or without Lamar. I've really liked what I've seen from Huntley lately. I think he does a great job of filling in for Lamar. So, yeah, I think four and a half isn't that big of a spread. I think they could cover that at home. I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here just because, um, I don't know, Ben's probably going to want to go out with a win. The defense has been playing better. I think TJ Watt's going to be going for that sack record as well. So um, defense definitely going to be on their heels. And I mean, um, I know you said Tyler Huntley's won a lot of like uh, games or whether he's won or kept them close. I mean, if he keeps it close here, Steelers don't even need to win the cover. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. Um, getting to the next game on the slate is Washington against the New York Giants. You can pretty much throw this game away, in my opinion, but I still got to cover it. So um, I'll give you the players that you could possibly start um, for Washington. The only reason I'd say you could start Taylor Heineke is because of how bad the Giants have been on offense, which means Washington's probably going to have the ball most of the game. Let's be real here. Um, Antonio Gibson, if he plays, you can start him. Same with Terry McLaurin. 
Then for deep league guys, you can go with like maybe Deami Brown or John Bates. Honestly, there's not really a lot of guys you can look at there. Um, for the Giants, you're starting Saquon Barkley and you're benching everyone else. That's just plain and simple. And then uh, we'll move to the spread now. Washington's favored by seven. Mete, I'll start with you this time. I guess which side do you like? Uh, it's another tank bowl. So I might have to go with the Giants. I know they've looked really bad lately, but I don't know. I feel like both teams won't try to win this game. So for that reason, I'm siding with the plus. All right, Terry, I'll get to you. Which side do you like here? Did we not see how the Giants play without him? Uh, Daniel Jones last week. I mean, what was it, 17 yards, 50 yards, something like that. Uh, give me Washington. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to take Washington here. Um, at least they just said they're going to start Taylor Heineke, which means they're actively trying to win the game. I don't even think the Giants are even going to be trying. I don't know, Nate, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's kind of hard for me to tell. I feel like seven's um, a little bit high. I feel like it should be a little bit closer, even though both, I guess the Giants don't look like um, they're going to try, but I guess I'll just go with the Giants on this. All right, and then uh, moving on to the next game, we have Green Bay against Detroit. Terry, let me get to you on that one for fantasy. All right, let's see. Um, Aaron Rodgers, if he does play quarterback one, end story. Uh, A.J. Dillon, running back two. Aaron Jones, running back two. Devontae Adams, I want to see wide out one. I hope wide out one. Um, Sits, Marquez, well, Sits and Deep League starts. Marquez Valdez, Gantling, possibly a Deep League start. Same goes with Alan Lazar. Um, as well as Josiah DeGuardia, tight end. Outside of that, if you have any names, just sit them completely on your bench and with the Detroit Lions, on the other hand, DeAndre Swift, high running back to um, Jamal Williams, flex, uh, Ramon St. Brown. I got a wide out one. My sits would be Jared Goff or whoever is starting for quarterback on that team. And then Brock Wright at tight end, as well as Craig and Josh Reynolds. And back to you. All right. So we'll get to the spread here. Packers are only a favorite by three and a half. Some places say four. We'll just go with three and a half. It looks like the starters are probably not going to be in by that spread, or they may only play the first half. I guess, Nate, I'll start with you this time. I guess, which side do you like here? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers plays the whole game, then you pretty much have to take the Packers. And I feel like the Packers still have the personnel to, I guess, win by four. So I guess I'll just go with Green Bay. All right, Terry, getting to you, I guess, well, which side do you like? Green Bay. This Lions team has been bad this year. Um, you just need to look at their record and see how far they are down in standings and just go with the Packers, even with their backups. All right, Mete, uh, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like? Yeah, I, I think if Jared Goff is playing, I got to side with the Lions. They're at home. I've been saying this for weeks. They're playing better, but for that to happen, they need Jared Goff. So, yeah, if he's in, I'd go with the Lions. If not, then even though they've got the backups in, you probably have to go with the Packers. I honestly think I could probably trust the Packers with Jordan Love as well. 
uh, to be honest, against Detroit. I just feel like that his game against Kansas City was not that bad. The Chiefs defense was just starting to get momentum at the time. So I feel like, you know, it was a pretty tough matchup for him. I feel like the Lions would be a lot easier for him to exploit, especially with Matt LaFleur being the favorite for coach of the year right now. He'll pretty much do a good job, in my opinion, getting him ready for the game. Got Aaron Rodgers there as a mentor, um, one of the best guys in the league. So I might actually have to go with Green Bay here. It's only like, what, three and a half? So, yeah, I think that they have a chance to cover that. Um, Getting to the next game, Indianapolis against Jacksonville. Metti, let me get to you for that one. All right, so for their Indianapolis standard leagues, I'd start Carson Wentz. He hasn't been great, at least last week, but I still trust him. Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr., deep leagues. Could look at T.Y. T- Hilton, Naeem Hines, and Mo Ali Cox if you're really desperate for a tight end. Jacksonville standard, I'm sorry, uh, not applicable. They're just not trustworthy to start in standard leagues. In deep leagues, I'd go for Trevor Lawrence if you're desperate for a quarterback or in a two-quarterback league. There, Ogunbo Wale. Yeah, that's a hard name to say. If you need a running back, Laquan Treadwell, he's looked much better. So he's definitely an option. And then Marvin Jones, even though he's had a down year, we know what he can do. All right, and uh, getting to the spread, it's 15 and a half for the Colts uh, on the road. I guess, Mete, which side do you like here? There's this stat that, I don't know, it goes back to 2015 or 16 that the Jaguars are undefeated against the Colts. They're at home, so I don't know. I think that stat is for home games, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know, that's a big spread but the Jaguars have been so bad lately. I think I'll just go with the Colts. All right, Terry, I'll bounce to you. I guess, which side do you like? I really want to see the Jags win this for some reason, just so I can see um, the Chargers and Raiders end up in that tie. I just want to see something anarchist happen or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But realistically, I feel like the Colts win this so well. I mean, they say every dog has his day, so <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because like 15 and a half is kind of a big spread and Colts haven't really been blowing teams out like that. Um, They should be able to win, but if it ends up being like two touchdowns or something only then the, I guess the Jaguars will like barely cover that. So I'll just go with the Jaguars. None of you guys are confident enough to do this, but I'm going to say take the Jaguars, not money line, but take them on the spread. Um, I know they might be like, what is it? Like five and oh at home against the Colts since whenever, but I I don't think the streak's going to continue, but I guess with a stat like that, you just got to take them on the spread and just hope they keep it close. So, yeah, um, I don't like this pick, but um, I guess I'm just going to do it because the stats line up. So, yeah, give me the Jaguars plus the 15 and a half. Um, Getting to the next game, uh, New York Jets against the Buffalo Bills. Nate, let me get to you for that one. So for the Jets, uh, not too many people that you want to take a look at, but you can maybe take a look at Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios if they're healthy. 
in deep leagues, you could maybe take a look at um, Ty Johnson. And for Buffalo, you could take a look at Josh Allen, uh, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Cole Beasley. All right. And if you guys thought the spread in the last game was big, the Bills are favored by 16 and a half here. Uh, Nate, uh, which side do you like? Well, it's a little hard to tell because uh, the north is a little cold. It might could be windy. Weather might not be ideal. So I feel like um, it's not going to be as much passing maybe, but I'm still going to go with the Bills though. All right, Terry, let me bounce to you. Uh, 16 and a half, which side do you like? I think bashing teams right now, but I feel like they just might keep this close. It's, well, if what Nate says is true, it's cold, even if there's probably snow. I might take the Jets, but I'm too scampish to do that. I might have to go with the Bills, you know? I guess the Jets will always be the Jets for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Mete, getting to you, which side do you like? Yeah, like Nate said, there's a good chance there's bad weather, and I like what I see from the Jets lately. This is a huge spread. I'm pretty confident in them. I'm going with the Jets. I guess my only issue for this game is that they might pull Josh Allen after the first half, and we might see a backdoor cover from the Jets. So, yeah, give me the Jets, honestly. Even if the Bills go up by, like, three touchdowns, I feel like, you know, they'll pull Allen, Mitchell go in there. I mean, he's a decent quarterback, but at the same time, I feel like the Jets could, like, you know, they could have a good second half. So, yeah, uh, give me New York also. I like them. Um, getting to the next game, it's the Patriots against the Dolphins. I'll take a look at that one for fantasy. Guys, you can start from the Patriots. Whether whoever starts between uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, roll them out. Last week, they were both fantasy relevant, so it's possible you could roll both of them out. Um, Jacoby Myers for sure, especially PPR leagues, and then Hunter Henry because tight end's been kind of thin this year. Uh, for deep league guys, Mac Jones, Jonu Smith, Brandon Bolden, and Kendrick Bourne. And then for the Dolphins, um, they're up against a tough defense. You could maybe roll out Tua because he had uh, some good rushing uh, attempts last time they played the Patriots. Um, Jalen Waddle's been a target monster, so you have to roll him out. And then for deep league guys, it would be like Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, Miles Gaskin, and Duke Johnson. And then getting to the spread for this game, it looks like the Patriots are favored by six. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you this time. I guess, which side do you like? That's a good question. Dolphins are at home, but they just got completely blown out. I think I'll just go with the Patriots. Uh, yeah, I'm just more confident in them as of now. All right, uh, Terry, I'll bounce to you. Patriots are favored by six. Which side do you like? If it's just my six points, give me the Patriots, too. All right, Nate, uh, what about you? Um, I guess the Patriots should have the um, offense and defense, too kind of separate themselves from the Dolphins by at least six. So I'll go with the Patriots. I think for me, what it comes down to is just comparing the Patriots team that played the Dolphins in week one until now. That was Mac Jones's first career game. He's come a long way from then. Um, I just think that the Patriots team as a whole is just a lot better than that time. Dolphins team, they've been up and down since then. Might be around a similar team. 
Um, it could be close, but I think the Patriots can win by a touchdown. So I'll go with the Patriots as well. I'm um, getting to the next game, Saints against the Falcons. Uh, Terry, let me get to you. Uh, Saints versus the Falcons. Let's see. For the Saints, I would go with Taysom Hill, quarterback, high quarterback two. Alvin Kamara, probably running back one, most definitely. Marcus Callaway, low and flex for some reason. Uh, deep league sits and starts. I would put Mark Ingram the second, Traquan Smith, Adam Troutman. And if you ain't hear the names, just bench him completely. Starts on the Falcon side of the football. Kyle Pitts, if you still have him, tight end one. Cordell Patterson, uh, whether it be running back or wide out, put him at uh, the two position in that's uh, the two position. And probably Russell Gage, if you have a wide out three, um, or maybe like two flex or something like that. Sits and deep league starts. Mike Davis, if you still believe in that guy. Uh, Matt Ryan, Hayden Hurst. And if you ain't hit the names, you know what to do. Just sit them. Yeah, for sure. Um, getting to the spread here. Saints are favored by three and a half on the road. Terry, I'll start with you. Uh, which side do you like? Give me the Saints on this one. Um, they still have something to play for. Somehow they're still eligible for the playoffs. Um, outside of that, Falcons season's basically done. They'll probably want to pull the starters around the second half if it's a big lead or, you know, they get blown out. So give me Saints. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side do you like? Uh, I mean, the Saints are pl- have some more they have something more to play for than the Falcons. And I feel like they have a better offense and defense overall. So I'm going to the Saints. All right, Mete, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like? Yeah, I got to go with the Saints. Like Nathan and Terry said, they're playing for a playoff spot. And whenever Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is the quarterback for this team, they've looked very good. So, yeah, I like the Saints here. I don't know why this feels like a trap game to me. I don't know what it is. Um, I I really do believe the Saints will win this game, but I don't know. It just feels like it's one of those games. Maybe I'll just go with the Falcons on the spread. You know, even if they they lose, it'll be a close game. I think it's just a trap game in that sense, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Uh, Falcons team, they were decent against Buffalo last week until they ended up losing the game. So maybe they do have a, a chance here. So I'm going to go with them. Then uh, getting to the next game, Carolina against Tampa Bay. Um, I'll get to them for fantasy. For the Panthers, probably DJ Moore is maybe the only guy you can roll out, maybe not even him because he hasn't even been consistent as well. Deep week, guys. Chuba Hubbard, also very inconsistent. Sam Darnold or Cam Newton, whoever plays, they're both deep league guys. Robbie Anderson, Tommy Tremble, can't really start any of those two. Then for the Bucs, this one's also difficult because we don't know how much these players will play. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski, they might play. They might play one half. They might sit the whole game. We don't know. So just be aware of that if you are rolling those three guys out. And then sits or deep league guys would be Le'Veon Bell, Cyril Grayson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Rashad Perriman, and Tyler Johnson. Just be aware of all of these guys if Tom Brady doesn't play the full game. Um, getting to the spread now. Um, it looks like the Bucks are favored by eight points. Matt, I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like? 
I'm kind of confused why it's only eight. I know the Buccaneers are without a couple weapons, but I don't know. I feel like they'll play their starters. So, yeah, I like them here. <laughs> All right, uh, Terry, let me get to you. I guess which side do you like? I like the Bucks on this one. Just keep this in mind. If they do lose this game, the most they can fall down to into the standings is five. I'm not sure about how they hold tiebreakers over the Cowboys and Cardinals. So think of it like that. Um, if they don't, I mean, this might look like – actually, no. I still think the Bucks' second team can beat this. Who are they even playing? Yeah, the Panthers. They'll definitely beat these guys. Don't matter if it's bench or starters. All right, yeah, and I, I don't think they can fall lower than fourth because I think only Dallas can pass them. So, yeah, um, honestly, if Brady plays at least one half, yeah, give me the box. They'll cover, what is it, eight? I don't know, Nate, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm assuming Brady plays the first half. They go up by a touchdown and a field goal, and then they try to shut down the Panthers' offense in the second half. So I'll just go with the Bucks if they try to do that. All right, and then uh, getting to the next game, we have uh, Seattle against uh, Arizona. Uh, Mete, let me get to you for that one. So for Seattle in standard leagues, I'm starting Russell Wilson, Rashad Penny, looking great lately. DK Metcalf, Gerald Everett even, he's worth a look if you're in a tough tight end situation for a standard league. And then Tyler Lockett in deep leagues, you could look at Freddie Swain. He doesn't uh, usually get a lot of targets, but he makes a lot of uh, he makes a lot out of the opportunity he's given. So I think he's worth a look. Arizona Standard, Kyler Murray, James Conner, and Chase Edmonds. I know they're both day to day. So if those two RBs can't play. You know, Benjamin should be the next man up. He's definitely worth a look, even in standard leagues. Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and Zach Ertz. For deep leagues, Rondell Moore, if he can play. All right, and uh, getting to the spread here, Cardinals are favored by six and a half. Mete, which side do you like? Uh, I feel like this could be a trap. The Seahawks, they don't have the best record, but... They still have Russell Wilson at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think they could keep this game close. I'm going with the Seahawks. All right, Terry, bouncing to you. Which side do you like here? Cardinals on this one. Um, for some reason, I feel like that's just a one-off for the Seahawks last game. So, give me cards. All right, Nate, bouncing to you. Cards favored by six and a half at home. Which side do you like? I mean, uh, in order for Seahawks to cover this, they'd have to be able to, I guess, um, keep up with the Cardinals. And Russell Wilson's, Russell Wilson's been playing really well, but um, I feel like the defense won't be able to slow down the Cardinals enough. So I'm going with the cards. Yeah, honestly, this is a tough one for me because, I mean, the Cardinals do have a lot to play for. But then at the same time, the Seahawks are pretty decent still. Um, I feel like the Cardinals win, but maybe the Seahawks cover. So I think I'll just go with Seattle for that reason. Um, bouncing to the next games, San Francisco against the LA Rams. Um, Terry, let me get to you for that one. 
Okay. Uh, on the Rams side of the football, Tyler Higby, tight end, low, uh, one. Cooper Cup, high, wide out, one. Odell Beckham Jr., low, wide out, two. Van Jefferson, if you have the three, three wide outs that run them in the third one, if not, uh, flex. Sonny Michelle, running back two. Matthew Stafford, you got to run them out. Quarterback one. Sits, I would put Cam Akers, and if you ain't hear the names, don't start them at all. On San Francisco side of the football, Trey Lance. He's being a tweener between a quarterback one or a quarterback two at the moment. Elijah Mitchell, uh, running back two. Debo Samuel, wide out one. George Kittle, if you draft him, you got to run him at tight end one. And sits, got to be Jeff Wilson, running back, and Brandon Nayukin, wide out. If you ain't hear the names, you know what to do. All right, and uh, getting to the spread here, the Rams are favored by four and a half at home. Terry, I guess, which side do you like? Four and a half at home? I mean, I might have to go with the Rams on that. All right, Nate, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like? Uh, a little hard to tell, but I guess I'll just go with the Rams. All right, Mate, I'll get to you. Which side do you like here? said the Rams were favored by four and a half, right? At home, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'll just go with them. Even though Stafford's been kind of inconsistent, I think they'll get it done this game. Honestly, um, I kind of want to go with the 49ers just because they've had the Rams number lately. I think they've beaten them like so many more times under Kyle Shanahan from what I've seen, but if Trey Lance is starting at quarterback, I just don't have a lot of confidence in the 49ers. Um, I might have to lean with the Rams here to go along with you guys just because of that. Yeah, yeah, let me just go with the Rams. And then uh, getting to the Sunday night matchup, Chargers against Vegas. Uh, Nate, let me get to you for that one. So for the Chargers, you can take a look at uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and in deep leagues, uh, maybe Jalen Guyton and Jared Cook. And uh, for Vegas, you can take a look at Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, and uh, Zay Jones in deep leagues. All right. I think there's a possibility Darren Waller comes back as well. So I think you might be able to take a look at him as well if he plays. I'm getting to the spread here. Um, Chargers are favored by three on the road. Uh, Nate, let me get to you. I guess which side do you like? I feel like um depends if Darren Waller's in. I'm just assuming that he's out, so I'll go with the Chargers. All right, Terry, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like? It's tough. I mean, Chargers are overall the better team compared to the Raiders, but the Raiders are on a little streak right now, three-game winning streak. And there is a saying that the house always wins down in Vegas, so give me Vegas, baby. All right, and um, Matty, let me get to you. Which side do you like? Yeah, I feel like Vegas is going to win as well, but with this game being a win and end, I feel, I'm just expecting a playoff-like atmosphere. So due to that, I'm expecting a close game. I'll just side with the plus with the Chargers. Yeah, I just double-checked, and it says it looks like they are trying to get Darren Waller to play for the Sunday game. So it looks like he's expected to suit up. And I mean, this is the John Madden ceremony game. There's no way the Raiders lose this at home. 
I just kind of lean with them. I just have a feeling. I know the Chargers are the more talented team, but in these kind of win and go home games, like weird, weirder things have happened. So yeah, let me just go with the Raiders here. And yeah, that's pretty much the end of the week 18 preview. Guys, we've gotten to the final week of the season. We got playoff previews next week. That's going to be pretty exciting. And yeah, that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode for the week. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Going to get updated picks for all these games on Sunday. So definitely go check that out. Uh, check out this episode on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Just make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave comments, reviews, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, uh, week 18, exciting playoff scenarios, exciting games. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.